0: Welcome to Bolts and Pats in the Bay, a podcast brought to you by FL Teams. FLTeams.com is a top Florida sports source dedicated to providing in-depth analysis and coverage for all Florida sports, including college and professional sports teams. Remember to go to FLTeams.com. Hi everyone, I'm your host, Jeff Macalino, and as always... I'm going to give you a quick run through the week that was and the week ahead for your defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning and your American League champion Tampa Bay Rays. So let's, as always, start things off with the Lightning, who have moved on to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. First time they have gone up against the Carolina Hurricanes in Game 1 is in the books, and the Lightning again went on the road and took a 1-0 series lead. The first period, let's be honest, the Hurricanes came out uh, on fire. They were going fast, they were going hard, and they outplayed the Lightning in the first period. But I would say the Lightning took a couple penalties and killed them both off, and I believe the second one, they gained a little bit of momentum. Second period came around, and the Lightning played better than Carolina in the second period and were able to get the first goal on the board. Braden Point off of uh, assists from Kucherov and mainly Hedman, who had the great pass. Braden Point able to deflect it in for the power play goal. These guys continue to click on the power play so well. Took a 1-0 lead. There was a penalty near the end of the second period, and the Hurricanes were able to capitalize on that early in the third with their power play goal to tie things up. I completely have neglected that Andre Vasilevsky played just brilliantly saved the lightning in that first period by just stopping everything. The power play goal was a, a real, you know, bounced off of I think it was Sorelli's hip. Uh it was you know, no not not on him for sure. Anyways, in the third period, Vassie continued to stand strong, and Barclay Goodrow was able to put in a goal on frankly a bad angle goaltender mistake uh, with a little more than seven minutes left in the third. And from there, Lightning were able to block some shots and Vasilevsky, you know what? Here's the thing. (laughs) He was able to hold up. Lightning won game one, two to one. Here's the thing. The Lightning need to play better if they want to win another Stanley Cup than they did in game one. They had moments most of the first period was not good. Uh, The second period, they played pretty well, but they took a couple of bad penalties, and the third period, uh, you know, they kind of got defensive after they took the lead, which is understandable that late in the game, Uh, but they need to play better overall, Uh, avoid the cheap penalties. This is a much different series, at least in game one, than last series. Uh, This is, I think John Cooper made a reference to it about they're not trying to uh, flex their muscles. They're just trying to win or something to that extent. Maybe a shot at the Florida Panthers. I don't know. (laughs) But uh, if so, deservedly so, I will say. But uh, these were both teams, you know, there were some big hits. Uh, Eric Chernak took one. It was not a dirty hit. It was a, It was really just an unlucky hit. He took a clean hit from behind. It just so happened there was a Hurricane player in front of him and his head snapped into the helmet. Uh, he went out in the second period, did not return, although from reports it sounds like he'll be okay to return in game two, most likely. Nothing serious is basically what has been said. Savard also missed the game. So the Lightning were short on defensemen going in. They went with the 12-6 uh, lineup, 12 forward, 6 defensemen, and then they lost Chernak early. Uh, well, not early, kind of mid of the game, middle of the game. Uh, but again, him coming back would be big. It sounds like Savard is also day-to-day not a major injury. Savard, of course, has not impressed since being acquired at the t- trade deadline, but his best game as a member of the Lightning was Game 6 when they clinched and defeated the Florida Panthers. I got to talk about Barkley Goudreau and that line a little bit because Goudreau also, not only did he get the game-winning goal, he had a game-leading seven hits. And next was Coleman, who had five hits, and uh, Stamkos and Shen, had uh, four each. Uh, Stamko's relatively quiet on the offense, but he, he he made some hit. I mean, he made some things happen, try to get the puck moving. Uh, the Lightning offensively kept things pretty simple. But you know one thing I noticed with this Lightning lineup, which I honestly don't think I've felt in any of the previous iterations of this Lightning semi-dynasty that's unfortunately only won one cup, but has consistently since 2014 been competing for the title, is it seems like this is the first time that it will not be a surprise if any of the four lines score. A lot of times it felt like there was the the triplets back in the day, which was originally Tyler Johnson, Pilat, and Kucherov, uh, and you know, there was also the stamkos Callahan line, and felt like those two lines could score, but the, the other lines were, would be lucky to, to get any contribution from on the scoreboard. And now it legitimately feels like—and and this even goes into last year, I didn't think the Paquette line was going to score goals in the playoffs—but uh, this year it feels like any of these four lines could score, and it would not be a surprise— I mean, obviously, the the Point-Kucherov-Palat line is possibly the best line in all of the NHL, and the Stamkos-Kaloran-Sorelli line is never going to surprise you with scoring. They've all they, they all scored a lot in the uh, series against the Panthers, and uh, as you've seen, Goodrow back in the lineup, and even without Goodrow with Colton there, the third line was a scoring threat. Gord. Coleman and Goodrow. That line is so... I would not want that line on the ice if I was a fan of the other team. I'll say that. And the way Tyler Johnson's playing, he hasn't put up a lot of points in the playoffs. But he's looked good. And his line, now with Ross Colton back and him and Pat Maroon, uh, they had some scoring chances. Uh, Some of the better scoring chances came from that line. That fourth line... Would not surprise me if they were able to put up a couple goals. So the Lightning are so deep with the forwards. And again, with the defensemen, uh, Savard hopefully comes back. Luke Shen is a tremendous 7th defenseman to have. uh, Easily a top 6 defenseman. Uh, But it it sounds like Chernak and Savard will not be out for long. Uh, They might both be back for Game 2. We'll see. Uh, The series for the Lightning, Tuesday... Thursday, Saturday, Game two, three, four. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And then if Game 5, 6, and 7 are necessary. We'll also be Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Nice getting a couple days off between Game 4 and 5 as opposed to just a, a one day off in between. Uh, if it's needed, of course. Now that the Lightning are up one nothing. hopefully the Game 5, 6, and 7 are unnecessary. I'm not betting on it. I'm just saying. Uh, Speaking of winning, let's transition over to the Rays, who today, Memorial Day, won 3-1 over the Yankees. The Rays are 16-1 in their last 17 games. 16-1! So since my last podcast, which wasn't that long ago, all they've done is sweep the Phillies and uh, they defeated the Yankees on Memorial Day. Uh... 35-20, and they are in first place in the American League East all by themselves. They remain that way. They've gained a lot of ground on the the Yankees, who currently are five and a half games back. Boston is currently playing at the moment I'm recording this. They are losing, so they will either be two games back if they lose or uh, one game back if they come back against the Astros. The Rays, of course... Continue to have the best record in the American League. And actually, at the moment, have the best record in the Major Leagues. So, things are clicking pretty well over there for Kevin Cash and the boys. Uh, more games against the Yankees. I think I in the last podcast I brought up their schedule. I won't waste too much time on that. I did forget to talk about the big trade. Willie Adamas was traded. And uh, the Rays acquired a reliever, J.P. Fireson, who I thought would maybe mix in with the bullpen. Well, he mixed in real fast, real hard. In five games, they've given him four save opportunities. He did blow one, uh, the one with Tyler Glass now, where he went eight innings and the game went to extras. Fireson actually got the win in that game. So he's 1-0 in his five games, six innings, he is three of four in save opportunities. Hey, the only run he gave up was the one in uh, that one game that, that uh, he got the win, oddly enough. Rich Hill started on Memorial Day. I mentioned him. His last six starts, 34 and two thirds innings. He is three and one. Main thing is, in 34 and two thirds innings, he is allowed three runs. He is clicking. 41-year-old Rich Hill is dominant. I mean, in a in a non-dominant appearing way. It's not the same way that Glass now is dominant. But he is just killing it out there. And speaking of, how about Austin Meadows? The month of May, nine doubles, a triple, eight home runs, 28 RBI, 14 walks. Raised his batting average on-base percentage. His slugging percentage by a lot. He is tied with Mike Zanino, who continues to hit bombs when he plays. And he he's not playing every day because Francisco Mejia is doing so well at the plate as well. The Rays have catchers providing offense, leading Major League Baseball from the catcher position in home runs and RBI. You know, things are clicking when that's happening. Joey Wendell continues to hit. And well, Margot is always good for a clutch hit. Randy Rosarena is not reaching his postseason potential or what he showed last year necessarily. But I have a feeling that things are going to click for him and he is going to have an amazing stretch. And I think it's going to happen soon. The race pitching has just been dominant. The offense has been producing. And when they don't, typically, like today, in a 3-1 victory, doesn't matter because even facing the Tampa, or pff, the Tampa, even facing the New York Yankees, it doesn't matter that they only score three runs. The Yankees were only able to get one run, a solo home run at that. The Rays' pitching is dominant. The hitting is getting it done when it when it needed to. Uh, G-Man Choi coming back is not a coincidence for when the offense turned things around. He continues to rake. Things are going well for the Tampa Bay Rays, and uh, we'll see if it continues. Quite a week, or quite well. Frankly, it's been I think five days since my last podcast, but things are continuing to go well for the. Tampa Bay Sports. By the way, USF Bulls baseball. Also, we're talking about bats. They also won the uh, American Conference Tournament uh, this past weekend. So, shout out to the USF Bulls. Another championship brought to the Tampa Bay area. All right. This has been Bolts and Bats in the Bay. Follow me on Twitter. You can probably get me all revved up during the Lightning games. Uh, I'm at Saint J Mac, S A I N T J M A C. And follow FL Teams on Twitter at FL Teams, T E A M S. Subscribe to the FL Teams podcast and YouTube channel and go to FLteams.com to stay updated on all your Florida sports news and coverage. Peace.